1: Chris, what are we listening to? That's uh, "Voices Carry" by Till Tuesday, um, hit from the mid eighties, in honor of John Morant's voice Carry" in Oklahoma City. All hey, right, uh,
0: that was a uh, that was a game. That was that was an entertaining, I uh, guess. Frey, uh, from in terms of the performance perspective, just one of those games. That's what happens when you take someone lightly, and they hit 19 threes?
1: Um, I'll be honest with you. I did not watch that game. Uh-huh. I, 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 I probably should probably fake it, but I don't, nope. I'll tell you if I watch a game or don't. Good. Um, I didn't watch that game. I was watching a movie with family and then I saw what had happened and decided that's one I could probably skip. <laughs> I, I will say it's a, I mean, it's set up as the, the dictionary definition of like the trap game, the right. John Calipari dish, dictionary definition. You, you're on this big winning streak. You beat Milwaukee by this huge margin. You're looking up, you've got three straight nationally televised road games against fellow Western Conference contenders. And then in, the, and in between, you have a one, and I don't know how much this is known, I talked to somebody about this today, they flew back home after that game. Um, so you're flying out to Oklahoma City and then back home again. So you have this one little nuisance game in the middle of all this, and like I think that's what it was. It is amazing. it.
0: It's totally human nature. It also counts as much as the other games. It is, but it right, it, that's it. right. Yeah, it's totally human nature. All right. You then watched the um the highlights of, and I saw you tweeted about Jaws ejection. Uh, did it seem? I, 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 my view is this: I the, the the fact that he. Well, first, tell me your view of the ejection. What
1: did you think? Well, I didn't. It is my my general opinion that that referees should be reluctant. I, to me, you don't blow a whistle unless you have to. Right. It's my general. I'm a I'm a fan of the no call. Right. Um, I, it is my but something like that. I don't think. To me, you should be very reluctant to eject a player from a game. And especially, you could say it doesn't matter; all players equal. But no, this is. I'm reminded of, of Billy Sparks in the movie Purple Rain. This is still a business. I know you're not you're not too far gone to see that yet. So especially to toss out a superstar player on the road who's putting the butts in the seats, I think there has to be a certain threshold. Um, I i i am i am skeptical that that threshold was met. But I don't feel like I can say that in some unqualified way because I don't know what was said. And I think even with the the subsequent reporting and the various eyewitness testimony, we still don't quite know what was said. And it's not just what was said. It's sort of how it was said, the whole thing. Well, he was talking to a fan. He wants to talk to the referee. Well, there's talking to a fan and there's talking to a fan. Like, are you talking to the fan in a way that you want the referee to hear what you're saying but you but you have like plausible deniability. I wasn 't talking to you. Are you trying to send your message to the referee by talking to a fan loudly in the presence of the referee i I suspect that is the way it was interpreted by the official that yeah okay you 're talking to a fan, but you you 're wanting me to hear what you 're saying about me um I think. I suspect that's the way it was interpreted by the referee. And at that point, it, to me, like, what's the what, what was actually said, and what's the threshold? I, I would I would I would lean towards letting things go in that situation if I'm the official. But I don't know specifically what happened.
0: I pretty much agree with all of that. the The fact that he was quote unquote talking to a fan um, does not insulate him from if he had said this mf and bs whatever else effer 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 won't give me a call well that, that you can you can be saying it to a fan it doesn't matter like the who, who you are ostensibly of object- directing it to does not matter i will say in terms of that and so then the question is is just what was said and we don't really know what was said and so we i i can't judge um although like you i think you should err on the side of leaving them in the game what did you make though of the the in the pool report well the question was it appears Morant was speaking to a fan when he was assessed the second technical foul. Was the technical foul ass- assessed as a result of the conversation or actions toward the crowd? No,
1: are they lying? I think, I think this no. I think it's being cute in the same way. It, it, what I suspect happened here, and I don't know. What right. I suspect happened here is Morant was talking to a fan, but he was talking to a fan about the referee, and doing so in a manner in which he intended the referee to hear right. what he said, right? And so, in, in that in that case, to say, "Well, I was just talking to a fan," if that is true, I don't know if that's true, but right. if that interpretation is true, to say, "Well, I'm just talking to a fan," is being a little cute, and to say, "Well, he wasn't talking to a fan," is also being a little cute, <laughs> right. right? And right. so. I think the, my my guess is that the official interpreted that his remarks were intended for the official. Even if they weren't directly addressed addressed to the official, they were criticism of the official that he intended the official to hear. It would be yes. Yeah. I wish they would just going and say that if that's what they believe.
0: Yeah. Yes. It, that would be a long pool report. It was – t- they would say right. technically he was talking to the fan, believe, believed he was talking to us it was in a way that was overheard by us or directed at us. And so whatever. The official – Um, Okay, so then the the, the drama continued because the fan was a Ja Morant fan, although she lives in Oklahoma City. And T. Morant then shows up with Ja on FaceTime speaking to the fan
1: courtside. What'd you make of that? Well, Ja, I mean Ja ja performs even when he's not on the floor. And so I mean I mean he 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 gives a lot. I mean he'll he gives you his all like, you know, during game time, he gives you his all from the bench, he gives you his all from social media. Um, his head is always in the game, even when his body is not in the game. And so there's that aspect of it, which you could appreciate or not. I generally do. I think there are some moments where I wish he would let things go, like when he was calling out you know, fans on Twitter or whatever. Right. Like I don't have a lot of use for that. But like T. Morant with the FaceTime for the fan, I thought that was pretty great. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, you know, I add to the, 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 the entertainment enterprise in the NBA is beyond just the, the confines of the court. I do believe that. Um, but I think the ultimate meaning of the whole thing is that it was such a big deal, which testifies to how big of a deal John Morant right. is. It wasn't just something that Grizzlies fans were like, were, were 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 sort of reacting to. It was something that everyone involved in the NBA was reacting to, and even like people from Oklahoma City are like, "Why are you doing this? This is wrong." <laughs> you know, they're, they're mad that John Morant is thrown out for the most part, and so it speaks to John Morant has hit that level where. His presence is a big deal on the floor in other people's arenas, and there are very few players you can really say that about. That is not true of like the quote-unquote star player of every team. Um, you know, if, if it's Jimmy not true of Jason thrown,
0: Tatum, if Jason Tatum, who's having a better well, year than Josh, yeah, ja, maybe not. If he does if he gets tossed, it's not the same as Ja. And he also wouldn't ever do what Ja did. Like the the face gonna, time. Yeah, you're yeah. not gonna
1: hear a lot of like I drove three hundred miles and spent, you know, all my savings for the week or whatever to see Jason Tatum. That's probably true, right? And so John Morant is in this rarefied like he's the draw. And I don't and even that I don't think fully insulates you to do anything you want on the floor, but I do think you have to again, this is still a business. I think if you're an official, you have to sort of be aware of that to some degree. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah, it is amazing. Like, they they get all, as we had Drew on earlier, they get all this pop -pop as they are moving to the top of the West and beating whatever. And here they have an off game, and they still are the story in the NBA that night, really. Um, And and, and, and shout out
1: New Orleans for losing. They're still first in the West. Yes. You know, we'll, we'll see. The last time, and I wrote about this in that game column after Milwaukee, so the previous sort of – I don't know if it's a record or whatever. The previous, like, deepest into the season they'd been first, which was in late November of 2018, I think. So they, they beat San Antonio to claim sole possession of first place. And then they lose the next game like they did here, and they did not fall out of first. But then they lose the game after that, and they fall out of first. So we'll see. They'll be playing for to keep that first place bid when they go into, I guess, Denver tomorrow night.
0: It's – it's kind of hard to think they're going to be first place after this stretch. You know, it's Denver, it's Phoenix, it's Golden <laughs> yeah. State, it's Phoenix, it's uh, what, Sacramento's in there, Raptors, someone else, Good. New Orleans. Yeah,
1: that's it. Here, here, Here's what I think. I don't think this is going to be a case of, You got to first, you just stay there all year uninterrupted. I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think it's going to be the case like it was in 2018. Well, you got to first, you got knocked off, and now you're done. You never get there again. I think there's going to be some Marco Polo at the top of the West among Memphis, Denver, Phoenix, maybe New Orleans, you know, and who knows? I mean, you know, the Clippers are like two and a half games back. Like, why not, right? right? And so I, I think the funny thing, we've been talking all season about how, the, how tightly bunched the West is, and it seemed like at one point it was going to finally start to, like, um, to, 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 to get stretched out, and it hasn't. Like, right now today in the Eastern Conference, the difference between 1-11, first place, and out of the play-in is 10 games. In the West, the difference between 1-11 is five games. It's like half, half as much. The Warriors are in 11th place. They're only five games out of first. And so I, I think, you know, I, I don't think anyone is going to grab first. Anyone, including the Grizzlies, is going to grab the top of the West and just hold it for like three months. I don't think that's going to happen.
0: They got Denver next. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. But they
1: uh, was Denver the team you picked to win the West? Denver was the team I picked to win the West regular season and playoffs um, before the season. Um, Denver has not been as good as I thought they would be. They've had all kinds of problems. Michael Porter Jr. Has missed lots of games. Jamal Murray still doesn't look like himself. The bench is a mess. Um, and guess what? They're one game out of first okay. uh, in the West. And that Jokic and, fellow, it,
0: pretty good last night. Yeah.
1: And Jokic is as, as good as anybody still. Uh, might still be the best player in the league. Um, he's not going to win a third MVP. That'd be hard to do. But if they finish first in the West, I like, try to deny him. That'll be interesting <laughs> to see.
0: 40-27-10 is kind of hard right. to deny. Yeah.
1: So, on one level, Denver has not been as good as I thought they would be yet. On the other hand, like, you know, they're as good as anybody else in the West the one game back of Memphis. I don't know who I would pick at this point to come out. I thought Denver – I landed on Denver because I thought they were the safest pick, and I still sort of feel like they're the safest pick, but I don't think they necessarily have the highest upside.
0: Um. All right. In the meantime, uh, I saw that the Southern film – um, what are South the, Eastern the, Film Critics the, Association. There you go. Thank
1: you very much. Uh, came, which I am a longtime member, <laughs> even though I'm not a film critic.
0: Came out with the their list of best films for 2022. And I'm going to go through the top 10 here were... Uh, everything all at once, everything everywhere all at once is one. The Banshees of Insurin is two. The Fablemans is three. Tar is four. Top Gun is five. R R R is six. Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery is seven. Women Talking eight. Nope nine and the Batman ten. How closely does that resemble your list, and which one of those would you stand on the table and go to bat for?
1: Well, I'm going to do my own list this week, so I'd like to to hold a little bit on my own opinions. I'll say I voted voted in this because I'm a member of that group. I can't remember exactly, but I think I voted for five or six of those in my own top ten, so pretty close. And part of that is like I've seen a lot of movies, but I haven't seen as many movies as I would in the past. I was reviewing movies every week, so maybe I've seen sixty movies this year. It's sixty. It's not random sixty. It's sixty highly selected, like you know the most talked about, the most you know whatever. But it's not like a hundred twenty, which it would have been a few years ago when I was actually reviewing movies every week. And so that probably makes my list a little less esoteric than it might be in the past just cause there are probably some smaller movies out there that would have made right. that list. I just did never gotten around to. And so I've mostly seen the big stuff. Um, so I voted for like roughly half of those. And I don't think there was a movie on there that I, that I would pound the table against, uh, which sometimes is the case. So I could uh, um there are some bad movies this year and I don't think any of the ones on that list are bad movies. There's some bad movies that are high profile and I don't think any of those qualify.
0: There are and I don't know like it feels like a bunch of these were also big box office movies. I mean you had I don't know the I don't know how Top the, Gun was huge. Top Gun is huge. Um, the Fable Men's I don't know if it's huge but it's freaking Spielberg, right? Glass not, Onions is Yeah that's is, that's right. Glass Onion is a conventional sort of quirky, I mean, that's a mainstream movie, 100%, right? Yep. As is Nope, the Batman, I guess, is too? Yep. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I mean, Yeah. So, so yeah, no, that's a pretty, I mean, that group tends to be, it's not like film comment or whatever, you know, it's like film critics in the Southeast. And so I both, I think in terms of sensibility, in terms of what is available to be seen, it's not going to be, um, it's going to be a little bit more mainstream than you get from like, you know, film comment named crimes of the future, which I also really like the movie of the year, which is a really odd pick, even though I'm a big fan of it. Um, that's David Cronenberg movie, your body horror thing. Um, so that's a fairly conventional list, but I think a good one, I think those are generally all good movies. And again, I think about half of those will probably be on my own top ten list.
0: Uh, I'll let you, we'll, we'll talk about it more when we see your own top ten list come out. But tell me about everything, everywhere, all at once. And then I thought about seeing Tar. I ultimately did not. What do you think of those two?
1: Uh, one. I'm trying to think of how much I want to give. I might as well just give away. Who cares? Um, Tar will be my number one unless I change my mind in the the midst of writing, which sometimes happens, but probably won't. Um, And Everything er Everywhere All at Once will not be in my top ten. It might be in my honorable mentions list. And it's a movie I felt bad that I didn't like more because it really wants to be liked, and I really Uh wanted to like it. And I did like it, but... So much of that movie, and structurally, it's really rooted in sort of multiversal comic book stuff, and it's rooted in like video game, in terms of the way the story is structured. And I just find all of that stuff so exhausting. Um, it's just not my language, and so I, I found I found I found I found everywhere everything everywhere all at once to be a movie. That was that I really liked what it was trying to do, but the style of it was just too too unrelenting to me. I did not really enjoy watching it as much. I think Tar is great, and Tar is you know Tar is a Tar is a very sort of commanding, austere movie about a fictional like classical compo conductor. So obviously, maybe not be for all tastes. I don't I don't care about classical music, but I, I think Tar is pretty great. It's a pretty titanic performance by Kate Blanchett. Um, I've seen it twice. It was got better the second time. And so I think Tar is pretty great.
0: What did you see with the family Saturday night when you weren't watching Ja get ejected from the
1: Grizzlies game? Um, we were watching a screener of a movie called The Eternal Daughter, which is a British, new British film. Tilda Swinton stars in it. More of an art film kind of thing. That might make my honorable mentions list, but it won't make my top ten.
0: We'll talk about it more uh, later in the week. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it.